0: Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Today we sit down
1: with Tracy and Chris at uh, Hobie Surf Shop Warehouse in San
0: Juan Capistrano. And we're here to find out the history and anything and everything about Hobie Surf. Oh Yeah, and, Yeah, right yeah, on. It's yeah. good stuff. So it's welcome. a tiny
2: little sliver of history. It You know, it's 65 yeah. years old now. So yeah, just a little just smidgen whoop. of history. South <laughs> South the, two
1: decades County. under your belt. You'll yeah. eat it out quick. <laughs> so, all kidding aside, mm-hmm. Hobie Alter is an icon, a pioneer, a man to be looked at as one of the founding fathers of surf. Yeah. Right? Um, tell us, like, as much as you can about how he got started, how he got how he got into surfing, how he got into shaping, mm-hmm. the other accolades that he, you know, milestones that he's accomplished for Scrack
3: himself. to it? Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, um, a few decades ago.
3: Sure, yeah. So I guess we should give recognition a little bit to all the stuff before Hobie and then the way the innovation of the Hawaiians and stuff like that. Oh, but um, yeah. yeah, I just want to say, like, that Hobie got a lot of influence traveling around to Hawaii and whatnot. But it really starts in... Uh, Laguna Beach, and that was off of uh, Oak Street, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. And um, so, I think it was something fairly popular back in the day. And my grandparents had it was that you had like a summer home or like a beach summer home somewhere. So my parent, my grandparents, won Newport Beach, and Hobie's parents had one in Laguna Beach. So he grew up inland, but then during the summers, had a house down on Laguna Beach off of Oak Street. And the way he got on the boards, from what I've heard is that he ran into a gentleman by the name of Flippy Hoffman, yep. who was also... Hoffman Fabrics. Hoffman right? Fabrics. Yeah. yeah. So he was riding either a Quig or a Simmons, which is definitely one of those like early guys who people got influenced for, especially with materials coming out of like post-World War II. Well, most uh, boards
0: were balsa anyways, like before... Yeah. No right. mm-hmm. before yeah. fiberglass before no.
3: fiberglass. Yeah, fiberglass and balsa really became... Utilized in surfboard building after World War II because they figured out with like building planes and stuff like that you can make things lighter with balsa instead yeah. of using redwood. So for the for Hobie, he was mostly riding their coop boxes, which were really really flat. Yeah. Tom Blake paddle boards and catching waves in front of his yeah. house. They're like mini coffins, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to get hit by one of those. Yeah, no foil, straight plane. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But I think he saw Flippy out uh, surfing either Oak Street or Brook Street, and he was riding, like, a Simmons or um, some sort of Quig who was up in the Malibu or um, L.A. area. And that was the first time you saw, like, a really foiled balsa board with fiberglass. And Flippy let him ride the board, and they're basically just trading waves. And then Hobie came inspired and said, I'm, g- I'm going to start building it myself. He's always been a guy who, or a person who uses hands, and I think almost everybody back in the day. Like, I don't know how to build anything myself. At all. I think that was just (laughs) normal in that generation is, you know, you didn't call a plumber. You were the plumber. You didn't call an electrician. You you figured it out yourself. Yeah, why, man? (laughs) Yeah,
0: And it's kind of coming full circle. There's a ton of youth and and kids now that are, you know, interested in shapes and starting to shape their own boards. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they all go back to, you know, the history and looking at the forefathers. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome.
2: But I love that the visual of him. You know, he's mm-hmm. down, yeah. he's down. He's in the water, it's in front of his house, and then instead of going and driving up, driving up to L.A. to buy the boards, just, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it here, I'm going to yeah. make it in my own backyard. Fantastic. I'm going to make my own. And because of where the house was positioned, he started making the board, like, right in his own front yard. Mm-hmm. And people driving up and down, you know, and going to surf. They drove by. They would see him out in the front, and then that right. was it. The order yeah. started to come in.
3: Totally, yeah. So he uh, started making it out of his dad's garage, and this was around 1950. Uh, so, you know, arranging the in Lig- blanks in a Beach. Ligana Beach yeah. He had a little garage there. Um, so he was getting a bunch of orders, and uh, I think he got up to about a hundred, and he was just making a mess in his dad's garage. I mean, resins are pretty. You know, not the best material to have yeah. in your residential area. And little wood uh, chips. <laughs>
2: you can only mulch so much.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically his dad um, said en- enough is enough and helped him get a two-car garage, which was, is it $1,500? $1,
2: yeah, $1,500 um, for the lot.
3: In the little town of Dana Point, which had nothing there at the time. Um, it's now the surf taco on uh, Pacific Coast Highway in Dana yeah. Point. But it was just a two-car garage or a lot and then he built um, the shop on top of that and that opened in 54. Wow. So 50 is when he really started making boards or taking orders. I'm sure he was making stuff prior to that or surfing other equipment but then in 54 it just got to be enough and yeah opened So shop.
0: strictly boards was there like anything else they would paddle boards? Yeah um,
3: Hobie was also throughout the, the 50s and the 60s was an accomplished tandem and paddle board um, racer like awesome. he would definitely go out there even the Hawaiians, like George Downing, um, there's several pictures of him doing the whole around Diamond Head kind of race on a, on a paddleboard and, and yeah. winning competitions like that. True waterman. So he's true waterman, yeah. for yeah. sure. Kind of like Noel and all those guys back in the day, you know, either being a lifeguard or a fisherman or, yeah. 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 It's, it's
1: funny, but you know, you see all those guys with the long boards and, and Trunks and that's it. Yeah. Even in winter time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it,
0: it was yeah. I mean, pretty much go out and last as long as you can and hunker down around the fire on the beach. No leashes. And then go, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Beaver tails. Yeah.
2: You had to swim. I mean, think how good of a swimmer. Think how good of like a swimmer you had to be back oh, then man. too. Like yeah. you couldn't even, you know not Those like that. It's ripped. like I'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone to carry the board. Yeah. And that, that's how you uh, got ripped. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. exactly. you yeah, that, that, That's how we that. work out. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. We right. called them mountain men, but they were beach men, you know, yeah. like just rugged and, you know. Mm-hmm.
3: So so we started Dana Point, 1954. 54 with uh, making what they basically called balsa chips. So people were making those up in L.A. and around here, and they all had their, um, kind of like with every surf shop, they have their local niche or local Waver shaper kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah. So he was making boards are definitely more so built for around here in South Orange County, whereas other people in LA were making them more for point surf like Malibu and stuff like that. So the templates change, but they call hmm. them chips. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I listened to Don Craig on a podcast, Chris I Morrow's have. podcast, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how the industry board building kind of started in LA and in the that. Yeah, South Bay Malibu. area yeah right like mm-hmm. so it's 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 interesting right you were saying that you know instead of them him driving up to LA or Malibu to buy boards he just yeah. you know mm-hmm. said you
0: know what I'm gonna make my own right yeah 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 and I hear stories like that from all over like you know i had some surfer friends from you know up in seattle in washington and they would come down and they would do the same thing like the only place to get boards were Southern california Mm -hmm. right but to go all the way back and forth so we just started making our own up there you know and yeah at that time you know Mm
3: -hmm. that's
0: kind of what you wanted to do unless you had the means to travel and and the money but yeah
3: totally
1: so then what happened next with with the
3: shops well the shops it definitely you know orders started to come in to be more promoted, but Hobie had a great team of people who would basically go on to develop the industry even more. Like folks like Reynolds Yater, shaped with him and laminated. Oh, yeah. um, he came out him? of Hobie then. He came a out a of Hobie. Yater um, came out of Hobie. Uh, guys like Joe Quig after they came back, when they were from Malibu or LA area, they went to the islands and came back, worked for Hobie during that time yeah. period. Uh, but probably the next Joey biggest. Uh, Joey Cabell, yeah, yeah, has also worked with us. Uh, and the most notable probably is Phil Edwards, who is yep. wow. still, like, considered to some one of the best surfers of all time. Yeah. Um, so all those guys started Mike Hinson, you know, everybody's just in working the in the same little shop. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Hobie was really known for, and I've heard from customers coming in and out of our store, was his innovation in the way that he built boards. Um a lot of times people like Velzi was up in the, like, Venice area who moved down here and opened his shop in San Clemente. Um, they would just basically do a lot of the roughing on the board by themselves, like with a draw knife and then a planer and finishing it that way. Um, Hobie came with this really cool jig that could be lowered from the ceiling. So they would, you know, have, like, the big square balsa 10-foot blanks. Yeah. And they would lower the, the jig down from the ceiling. And from there they can rough out the blank with a router, which would get a lot of the work out of the way with the draw knife from using another instrument. Mm -hmm. So it was able to kind of really push along the production side of making balsa boards. He definitely
1: came out with a lot of innovations and technology Mm -hmm. that furthered not only surfing, but didn't he invent the catamaran?
3: He did, yeah, and and polyurethane foam for the purpose of making surfboards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in 58, 59, um, balsa was getting the dwindle. It was either balsa comes from Ecuador, and now people can get it other places like Australia now. But back in the '60s, it was mainly from Central America. How do you know so much? I,
1: I didn't
3: <laughs> <laughs> your, his, your history bio? that's yeah. pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. I told you, um, I was
2: like, you're gonna want to talk to Chris about all
0: this. <laughs> yeah,
3: and I, there's another really good documentary by the Boardroom. Yeah, it's called Board. It's like a bunch of guys went around and interviewed a lot of these these dudes from the '50s to the '60s. Yeah, and Reynolds Center has like this conclusion that it was. Stuff even being used in air, like making airplanes. Yep. That's why balsa has gone away, or that people like in Hollywood are making what he called like lack of a better term, like break over your head furniture, like yeah. the light, you know, chairs yeah. you can throw it on somebody Props. and just like, Props, yeah. like yeah, yeah. So balsa was going away that people would pay a lot more money for it or back buying in bulk. So they were saying like, how do we? Come up with something that you know is, is watertight and can still be shaped into a board and with use fiberglass and whatnot. Wow. Polyurethane. Um, so they they started out yeah, with with refrigerator foam, which is like a styrene, which we use now yeah. for EPS. Yeah. And that stuff is just a pain in the butt. Yeah. To, Flaky, brittle. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and water would migrate in between the cells and stuff like that. Um, so he came up with polyurethane. They got samples of from L.A. or something like that, and they started blowing it with Grubby Clark. Who is one of his yeah. foam making foam. making okay. fins, and he was a laminator as well. He was actually like a graduate chemist. Like he was just working. Groby Clark was yeah mm-hmm. in, in Hobie's factory, and then together they they basically stopped making surfboards between '58 and '59 to totally R&D foam. Wow. So they like wow. hit themselves in a little canyon spot in Laguna and just blue foam blanks until it worked until they figured out how to yeah. Yeah. so they were just Perfect.
0: good friends but were they business
3: partners in, in Clark so it kind of worked out this is how the story goes I mean yeah. Clark could even say it's even different but first of all the foam was really bad so when you see certain Hobies from the late 50s and they're covered in pigments like blue and pink they call them easter egg boards because they're like really bright the foam was almost yellow when they blew out so that's why they, they painted them so much and not until like the early like 61 62 the foam get better so you can see the nice white stuff you see yeah. today. But the whole their whole relationship was basically Hobie always had a moving mind or always innovating different stuff. I so it, it was definitely yeah. as you were moving on to the catamaran, you basically it's like, hey, you can have the foam side of the business. You just sell I'm me the blanks on this for yes. a dollar less and then mm-hmm. you sell the other person. So yeah, it's it's interesting they look, the,
0: yeah. it's interesting that you look to other industries for inspiration and mm-hmm. to find new materials too, mm-hmm. you, yeah. know? Cause, you know, because, you know, wood only goes so far Yeah, and it's heavy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I mean, did, did he go to like
1: college or architecture school or where, where he did definitely went his, to like a like, mechanical mind? You know, he's like a...
3: Like architecture stuff from like a, a junior college or something in the area. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know where he went other than that, but he always had that kind of, Yeah. I think it's just people who are just those one in a million individuals. that yeah. are Yeah, really because when, when, you,
1: when you think about the things that we're talking about, and, and you put that down on paper, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you think about it, you design it, and then, you know, it's that's like Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like a catamaran. If you drew yeah. a catamaran, you're like, holy shit, like, that's a that's a piece of art right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the best was he always wanted it to be something to have fun with. You yeah. know, it was a surfboard, it was a catamaran, mm-hmm. it was a better skateboard, it was yeah. a better way to play golf, it was yeah. a better was way to deeply, fly a plane. Was yeah. like it in was just too, yeah. right? For yeah. sure. Yeah. It was always Super just a surf, better right? way to have more fun. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think of innovators now, it's kind of always something like, uh, well, how can I cut the production cost to make more money? You know, his was always, have how can I make fun. this cool thing to make it more accessible to people so more people can have more fun? And that's where, you know, the catamaran was probably the biggest thing is mm-hmm. that it launched off the sand.
3: Well, so you didn't yeah. have
2: to belong, you know, I mean, so Honest. for us now, it's so, yeah. you know, anyone can have a boat, but back then you had to belong to a yacht club, you had to have a membership, you had to have, yeah, Yeah. and so it was kind of called um, the people's boat, and yeah. basically yeah. it was because you could launch it off of a beach, yeah. well, so you didn't have to have all that extra, and he kept it under, what was it, I think it was under a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's what Phil so was saying, yeah.
3: like the, the retail price of a catamaran in the later 60s when they came out, mm-hmm. the 14, the 16 was nine ninety nine. Like wow nine, Yeah, nine, nine that's awesome so awesome yeah. so it was for the every man yeah, it was every man every woman you know yeah. it was for yeah. everybody it wasn't just yeah. for
2: like somebody who was like "Oh, it's just like you know rich people behind closed doors kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. it was like nah it's for my buddies everybody
0: yeah. full entrepreneur but most people would you know they'd have a team of R&D and researchers and stuff but yeah. he was the he designer was he was his own yeah. he was the one that was really kind of like mm-hmm. well this is the idea make it go yeah. test it You yeah. know, yeah. go right. back refine <laughs> it Get get friends there. that
3: helped them with like Mickey Munoz and and Phil Edwards helped them with development that stuff. Wayne Schaefer is another guy that lives yeah. in Capa Beach still. Like they all kind of are. Gosh, what a network! Mine, That'd be but, yeah. so yeah. fun to hang out with like a group yeah. like
0: that. You know, yeah. just mm-hmm. friends.
1: Yeah, it's 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 crazy how small our industry, you know, really was back then. It still seems small to me sometimes, but then, yeah. you know, it's so global now. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot more different, you know, board builders. It's, it's exploded over the years, but mm-hmm. to think that it came from a small circle in South Bay and small circle in
3: yeah, know, South just,
1: County, you're just like, yeah, wow, like, it, it's that tree branch that just kept, you
0: know, the roots just keep going
3: mm-hmm. outward. Yeah.
0: Yeah, shops have come and gone, and some, you know, with the history, rich history, have have, have stuck it out. And, I mean, I think, you know, like Linden said, this, this industry... Feels like it's exploded the last couple of decades, but the same people that have been working in the industry are still here. You know, yeah. the same. Yeah, they're stuck to still be around. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. yeah. Me and Lyndon, we met working at Service Sport, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of the, you know, friends and peers that we've had are now graduated on to other companies within the industry. Some are still there. And, yeah. you know, whether we go up and down the coast to meet with you guys or, or, or other surf shops up and down the coast, it's like you see that rich heritage. And yeah. it's just it's this awesome yeah, the culture, the the surf culture. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And surf shops play a, a vital role in keeping that dream alive. Right.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So he opens up the shop, creates the catamaran. Mm-hmm. Um, then did he open up in Hawaii?
3: Yeah, so he had shops in in Maui and Lahaina and in Honolulu. Uh, I forget actually which one was. I think the Maui <laughs> one was actually yeah. first, and then, but that was like in around '63, and then he had a basically came a a person who really innovated our retail side in terms of merchandising and buying soft good products was Dick Metz, who really became the face of mm-hmm. his company. Like Hobie is always he's definitely a people person. But he was always more, like, a tinkerer, innovator behind the scenes and um, Dick Mass was more the face of the company in that he set up the retail stores, did all the buying for the clothing, like, did all the accounting and the marketing and the PR, while Hobie was out and really doing a lot of the innovation part yeah. of that. And
2: I think, like, his biggest contribution, which is something that we... Can't even imagine that a surf shop didn't have the very first thing that Dick did was to make a Hobie T shirt. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, the cool yeah. Hobie Diamond logo that you still see today that your bread your bread and butter, and gold your,
0: your your yeah, your yeah. flagship. Yeah, bread. he logo. decided to
2: put it on a T shirt and literally he put the T shirts mm-hmm. right in the front of the store because he figured it out kinda of right away that you know tourists will come in and they'll look at the boards and they'll think like oh well, those are cool but there's no practical application once i go home once yeah. i leave the island and I'm i gonna go get back home to
1: michigan but that t-shirt right. i can what? take that
2: t-shirt i can yeah. bring that t-shirt home and i can right. have a little bit of hawaii with me but i have this cool things i have this surfboard logo t-shirt because yeah, you got
1: to go there to get yeah. that
2: t-shirt this says yeah.
0: i
1: went to hawaii yeah Dip yeah. My toe
0: in the ocean, yeah, much. and that's still yeah. relative and super important today with, with every every business. You and know? You can't
2: even imagine yeah. us not having t shirts right. that have your store, lo- you know. Yeah. You're like, I mean, you now you you're slapping done.
0: it on water bottles and yeah. koozies yeah. and pens, and I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to so yeah, franchise Dick Metz,
1: out. I mean, I'm not super familiar with Dick Metz, but I know he's an early pioneer. Yeah,
0: me.
3: did he start at Hobie? Yeah, he started at Hobie,
1: and then he went to. Did he, did he well, leave? he was
3: always been kind of in in retail. I know yeah. he's been. I mean, the stuff that we learn with with Dick Metz now is that yeah. he's the he's one of the founders or co-founder of the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center in San Louis. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but he he basically he did a lot of surf retail. I think he did other stuff in in regards to like property in Aspen. I think that was on ski lodges and stuff like that. He's always been in action sports. Yeah. Okay. But he really, a, after like when he, I guess the. Company changed hands in the '80s or late '80s or mm-hmm. early '90s. She's he's always been involved in Hobie surf shops, whether it was. The, is that when? Yeah, so that shaking. was when. I mean, if you take, we have what four, five stores in Orange County now. Mm-hmm. Um, we he brought it up to by the mid '80s by 22 stores nationwide, and that includes the stores in Maui and Hawaii and the ones. Wait, there was 22. Hobie surf shop. There's even yeah. one in Texas. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dang. I know, right? Damn. I never knew that. Party. So he was, he was quite a... Uh, yeah, quite he a... He was a legend. Yeah. Let's just be like Monster straight That work. is, it's yeah, like That's unheard was, of.
2: He was a legendary mm-hmm. world traveler. He was a partier, like just...
3: Hold your dick. On dick old is old
2: school. Dick. He's yeah. like old school. He's was, still. He's eighty. He's still yeah. a party. Yeah.
3: Come up and rub elbows yeah. with you. See how you doing. Stuff like that. Yeah. He's the guy to be out to midnight. You know, just yeah. tearing it up. Sounds but like a person. Yeah, <laughs> Late greatest night. Guy, <laughs> come yeah. on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. greatest guy. And yeah. he's.
2: I mean, he's one of those people who you could listen to his stories for days, mm-hmm. yeah. days, yeah. and not get bored of them. I mean, just traveling all over Africa, traveling all over. Just all over the globe, yeah, not yeah. only to surf, but just to yeah. travel, to explore, to look around, it's to see just, things. Yeah, exploring. Really cool. And just, yeah.
1: Traveling mm-hmm. is probably the best education you can get. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, thank, thank God Jay uh, was good enough to travel the world because he'd be really dumb right now.
2: Oh, <laughs> bro. Oh, oh. Jay, uh, we can hang out. Yeah. We'd well, yeah. like
1: we have right? yeah. That's what best friends are for. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: He, he likes um, to make himself feel better by me hanging out with him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank um, God for surf shops because
1: I, I tried to go to college and I couldn't do it. So, yeah. Surfing,
0: surfing was my college. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I
2: married really well. <laughs> <laughs> Super great idea. Yeah. I suggest it to anyone out there. Yeah. 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 That always yeah. helps. Who's
1: yeah. the smart one now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what um, up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so at one point in time there was twenty five Hobies. Yeah,
3: about that number, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. all Dick's doing. I mean it's not really my, my favorite thing, but It's just know. cool to hear. Yeah, but his his way of like merchandising and stuff like that, like I'm the surfboard side, so I like to see yeah. surfboards in windows. But he was like one of the first person when you go to like a shop or a retail shop to put mannequins in windows, like surf oh. shops and have them with board shorts mm-hmm. and yeah. the T shirts on, like taking the boards out of the windows, which yeah. was an iconic thing for if you with the Bing or something like that in the South Bay or G&S down in San Diego, you always have yeah. your best boards in the window. Yeah, he was taking yeah. them down, and selling the soft goods. Well, that that was a, yeah.
0: definitely a change of evolution of the surf shop being mm-hmm. you know hard goods driven yeah. to the introduction of you know clothing and accessories right, was coming around. And, yeah,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good stuff.
1: So, what other things should we talk about on the Hobie side? Like, um,
3: I mean, is there a, there's that one cool story where Dick Metz basically laid the groundwork for the endless summer oh wow yeah so he before he started the Hobie Shops he basically hitchhiked across the world started in Tahiti went to Africa all the way around Cape of Good Hope and basically found Cape St. Francis and Dick Metz found yeah Mm -hmm. no way met that guy uh, John what's the um, Bruce Brown yes Bruce Brown well, nice. he, that guy you, uh, John Whitmore, you meet in the movie when they're going down there. Yeah, That was yeah. his contact. He stayed at Whitmore's oh house for a couple of months while he was, like, traveling the world. So he basically came back, and Bruce had this idea of having an endless summer, and then Dick's like, oh, this is all the people you need to go see. This is where all the places you need to hit. That's why they start in West Africa and Dakar and, like, move down. So they just
1: followed Dick Metz's lead. Yeah. For months. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's endless summer. Did you do a podcast
3: just on Dick Batts. Oh, And, and did We tried uh, I mean, he's, he's on, on the
0: checklist now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta well, we'll, get the we're, X-rated version. We're, oh, you <laughs> have to. We'll tune him have up have with to. a few beers, and we'll do it late night. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're um, we're
1: uh, friends with uh, the August family. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And he's actually one of the guys we want to interview. You know, eventually get him on Robert. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. But he's in Costa Rica. Yeah. But uh, we'd love to have him on board, you know, and, and on the show, road and show up, like, that. all stuff. Traveling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can tell, road. like, the
3: gnarliest stories, too. Like, yeah. you should bring a bunch of photos so you can put on your oh, podcast as well. Like, yeah. 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 That's cool. But the, there's some, yeah, you, you should do multiple podcasts about yeah. Tahiti and <laughs> all the weird yeah, don't stuff. Don't worry, do. dude. It's it's yeah. <laughs> if we If love we can it. get him to commit, right. we'll Dick, we're uh, coming after you, buddy. Yeah. So... Awesome. So then in the 80s, you said, is when... Yeah, so it was when, I mean, people were retiring and moving to Aspen. I mean, a lot of people did in the industry. I think Greg Knoll moved up to, like, Crescent City up in northern California or Oregon. So people were just more the Mm -hmm. the old-timers, but the guys who started the industry were starting to move out in a way. So I think around the mid-80s or even the later 70s, you started to see, like, a change of hand and, like, the faces and the owners of store shops and stuff like that. When did... uh, Dick Metz exit I think mid-80s. Mid mid-80s? Yeah. No, I wouldn't quote me on that, but I think it was mid-80s, and then another company came in, took it over. Uh, fortunately, they didn't work out, and I think that's what kind of caused the downsize to what it is today in Orange County, and yeah. then the company that we work with, with Mark Christie and the Good Beach Properties, took it over in the early 90s. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So mm-hmm. you guys
0: are up to four or five stores now, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and how many employees? We have 110 110, yeah, yeah. we have 30 full-time employees and 80 part-time. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So let's get...
2: And it's still... But before mm-hmm. we move on, though, just, you mm-hmm. know, so we can kind of give Mark Christie... So it is... Hobie still is really a family business. Mark Christie's sister, Lori Christie, is actually Lori Alter. She's married to Jeff Alter, who's Hobie... Alter's son. Mm-hmm. So it is technically still it family. is kind of family. still all in the family. And then Jake Schwanner is who's our general manager is one of the other partners in the business. Yeah. So it is still like even though it's kinda of like went away from you know, out from underneath Hobie, it's still back kind of with the family now. And yeah. There's definitely, definitely with the ownership of Mark Christie, it's just, you know, it's all about like keep innovating, keep true to Hobie, like keep that spirit alive yeah. and you know, you know, just so kind of aspire to what he was. Just be great, always be innovating and always be about family. And mm-hmm.
3: you know. Totally. And
1: going back to what you were we were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, you've you've been here for eight years. Yes. Right? I've been here for eight and years. You have the
2: I have the dream golden job. job. Yes. Yeah. I have the golden job. Chris mm-hmm. and I can speak totally on the differences of working at Hobie. So I have probably one of the most ideal part time jobs <laughs> on planet yeah. Earth. I do all the social media and I do all the events for the company, and then I help out with the surf team. And then Chris is full time and he runs all of Hobie Surfboards. Mm-hmm. And um, my job is amazing. Jake and Mark have been really incredible with me and they've really bent this job around the time that I have. Um, my husband works really hard, so we're kind of really busy in my personal life. but they've really kind of made a commitment to me that you know like we think you can do it, We think you can handle this whole job and we think you can do it in two days a week. And we're gonna believe in you and all they've really asked of me is just get it done you know we're not gonna lean over your shoulder we're not gonna like that's forward thinking and it really is it really is because that's kind of where it kind of needs to be if you I mean you don't want to lose I'm not a great person I'm not saying that about myself but they wouldn't want to lose a great employee because they can't be there on Wednesday yeah. yeah you know and so they're going to be willing to really work around you and they're really really loyal they're loyal like oh my gosh
0: well a lot like, of a lot of the creative directors or marketing you know directors they need that freedom they need to be yeah. on their own schedule they need to be outside the office mm-hmm. yeah so it's awesome right. it worked out yeah Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. you've been doing it for eight years
2: eight years mm-hmm. yeah and we all start, start so on we, the shop floor though yeah. just so you know everybody nice. started on the, the shop floor
1: so Tracy so when did you floor. start
0: serving
2: Uh, I started, I actually grew up in the Finger Lakes of upstate New York. so A hotbed of surfing. (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, So I grew up in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York, and uh, I didn't start surfing until I was 30 years old. Yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An, adult in, an adult learner. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I had. That's
1: the hot, the hot uh, word right now, is adult learner. I'm yeah. an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an adult learner. And That's so good. I
2: had married my awesome husband, had my son, Blue. I was 25 years old. And so I would bring Blue to the beach in San Clemente like every day. And I'd be at the pier and I'd watch all the people surf. And I would just be like, they're so cool. Like, they're so cool. Like, oh, I just want to learn how to do that thing that they do. And I was a long distance swimmer and everything. And. So, for Valentine's Day one year, I asked my husband to get me a surfboard. He's all great. She's going to start sneaking me. In. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, totally. And he said he never saw me again after that. Like, that was That's it. fun. Awesome. Then I just. So, Blue I surfs, right? Yeah. So,
1: you got him started early?
2: You know, he was actually a late adapter, too. It was really funny. Like, I would bring him to the beach to Sano all the time because then I was super into surfing by the time he was like, you know, 10 years old or whatever. And by the time you can leave him on the beach alone. And so, I'd go out surfing and. He would build these elaborate forts on the beach out of bamboo and he'd read books underneath them. And we literally thought like this kid's never gonna surf. He's just not gonna be into it. And that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. has to find their own path. And then out of nowhere, one day he just decided he was gonna be a good surfer and now he's a great surfer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And he he's a
1: photographer doing... too, right? Yeah, he's that's a
2: water cool. photographer and he's full time college. The shop. Yeah, he works at Hobie because, you know.
0: It's in the family. Yeah, wouldn't you're off his mom so I can where make them you hire him. <laughs> yeah. got to take yeah. my
2: son. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: I'm going to awesome. work here two days a week. My son's going to work two days a week. Yeah, we'll be gonna here full time work, as a full family. Full family. Full yeah. family. Yeah, yeah we're yeah.
2: going to share one job. <laughs> yeah, and he loves it. And he's, you know, how great is it? I mean, there there aren't a lot of industries like that where you can be like, my mom works there, I work there it's yeah. a privilege it really is It's the, and it is because it's a surf shop it's just such a cool kind of a thing where yeah generation yep. after generation especially here at Hobie I mean god we can go like five six generations deep
3: yeah yeah that's yeah. generation that's awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: for sure it's cool to see like that it's cool to hear that kind of story where you know it's a pass be down kind of thing you know like yeah you know us you know not to bring up hunting surf and surfing sport like you know, Aaron no, Pye, we love them. Yeah. Aaron Pie started it, and now his you know he's t- taken over. Yeah, his boys and his daughter work there, and you know, it was, it's a trip because they used to be like, you know, babies when we were there. You yeah. Know, and, and now they're like Red taking over. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even for us, awesome. you know,
2: Jake's our general manager. His son Austin is in there. He's our graphic designer. Mark yeah. Christie's one of our owners. His son Jackson is one of the assistant managers of the Laguna store. I mean. Chris Starr, manager of the Dana Point store, hit her daughter Kara, now her daughter Chaney works there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, her son Curran worked there, I mean you can go through person after person after person, our so, buyer so Marissa Berry, like, her brother Bucky works there, her brother Jack yeah. works here at yeah. Hobie. I mean, there's not one family that you can't go through where it's like you. there's someone related to you. That's
0: so here. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then
2: if you are and you don't have any relatives, it's like, how'd you get in? Yeah. How'd you <laughs> get here? And, and that's, probably, you know? that's probably that's yeah. probably
0: the number one question we get as yeah. reps is, how did you get your job? Like, how did you become a rep? Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, it's working on the shop floor for many years yeah. and getting to know... Yeah. You know the business and being the rap. He's super cool. Yeah. Being super cool, super cool, cool. Really cool. Yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. super cool, really handsome guy. Yeah. Yeah. guy. If you're Lyndon, me, he's me and Chris super cool. Think you
2: guys are the coolest guys who have ever interviewed us. So. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: We're, we're the only guys, guys that yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. but I mean,
2: yeah. you're setting the bar like super <laughs> high, so you know. Uh,
0: for those of you that can't see, we're standing up yeah. and raising our hands. Right.
1: Um So, Chris, your story is: When did you start surfing?
3: I started surfing. Uh, kind of later, too. I grew up in the East Bay in San Francisco, a uh, hmm. long way from the beach. But I moved down here now. I was 14, so I started surfing at 16. Okay. And now I'm 32, so I've been surfing since then. Nice. So yeah, it's good times. Nice. Yeah. Were or, your
0: friends doing it? Parents or, like, brothers? I didn't anybody? really
3: have a whole... My dad was a big surfer because he grew up in Newport Beach. Yeah. So he was always during, like, the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. and partially the 80s. So he... he Got back right back in the surfing when we moved back down here, and that's what got me into surfing. But um, in terms of, not a whole lot of people I knew at school because I went to school, um, unfortunately, a little bit inland. Not at, like San Clemente hired Dana Hills until like, my final year, but. Um no one was I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did <laughs> a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Was that the nine
2: oh nine that you were talking about? <laughs>
3: it's another like really prestigious was school that so asked uh, me not to come back yeah. Sorry, junior was or that senior Riverside? year. Really? Mostly because I was surfing and then not going to school, so, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: uh, I'd probably make it to school if I went to a school closer than yeah. the yeah. Um
3: So, yeah, I, so I didn't have a lot of friends that surfed there. I, I met people that surfed when I went to Stankman High for my senior year and started hanging out with those guys. So that was with people like Christian Walk or Cameron Brown, like just people you we would always see in Santa and for hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Cameron works at the Dana Point store, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Cameron is, is a different. Okay. That's another guy. Okay. I'm sorry. Just a random, just people. Yeah. Random. Just people, people. <laughs> so, but, you've been at Hobie for twelve years. You said? I've been here for going on seven years. Seven. Um. So I can I can go on my other stuff like Icons of Surf, but that's where I started in the surf industry was yep. when I was twenty. Uh, icons of Surf, um, selling boards there. I've always been enthralled with, um, and I think a lot of other people who they see in films and stuff like that like Alex Nost or you know, Tyler Warren stuff like that we've always been kind of enthralled with the surfers of the 60s Yeah, like Dewey Weber and, and David Nueva yeah. so from an early age just really want to get in the or when I started it classic longboarding. Yeah, so I started to associate myself with any shop that sold those kind of boards like Thalia Surf um, Icons which back in Mid 2004, 2005 was kind of like the only, and Hobie were the only shops that really carried a lot of single fin or yeah. mm-hmm. alternative boards. Yeah, now it's kind of blown up. There's a lot of other shapers. Yeah, but well, I think it kind
0: of was not cool, or is kind of more mm-hmm. shadowed by the industry mm-hmm. until like some of these personalities can't kind of came out and kind of got back to to the grassroots of shaping my own boards and mm-hmm. being you know alternative shapes and and just enjoying the lifestyle again instead of like, well, I surf and. I'm either going to be a pro or a contest surfer, but now it seems more, yeah, you know, widely accepted. You, you, you to sparked
1: a, a little thing that I always trip out on, like, you know, coming from a retail surf shop, right? Back in the day when, when you worked the floor, you would mm-hmm. see certain people, right? Like, yeah. different <laughs> demographics mm-hmm. of people. And, a certain, you know, back in the day, there was a surfer, a skateboarder, and a jock right like Mm -hmm. those are the three different kind of people that walked into a surf shop right oh he's a jock he's a surfer he's a skateboarder yeah and then over the years there's subcultures within each subculture right like the type of like surfer can be defined in so many different ways now Mm -hmm. you know you got a jock surfer right or you got the you know steezy hipster yeah. kind of surfer longboard surfer right and you got like the the granola hippie Rob Machado style surfer you know what I mean like totally there's a lot yeah. of subcultures it's and, a trip how yeah. it's like morphed into so many and women and girls holy yeah. crap how how
0: how much yeah more um female surfers and participants that are yeah you know, so like, so even when brilliant. i you know yeah. even yeah.
2: learning i you know because i learned 15 years ago now yeah even then i was the only girl and yeah, yeah. I, I learned it maybe a different spot to learn at, but i was the only girl out there and eventually i just wore the guys down yeah. where they finally just started to help yeah, me except they're the like j- oh, my god this chick's just going to keep me in the way <laughs> 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 no they're yeah. super nice and i got a lot but but yeah, there was really almost no girls down where I went. And there's now, so many girls God, down, it's and they great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I mean, that's it's really frustrating. That's a first turn in 15 <laughs> It's minutes. really frustrating. Hey, well, I I go down. Yeah.
0: I take my son to go surf before school, and we go down to the Huntington Pier, and you got the high school surf team mm-hmm. there. I think there's 120, 130 participants in the surf class. You yeah. Know? And then you got the the elite, the surf team. But out of those like 120, 30, there's almost 40 girls in the class yeah yeah and you know there's some on short boards that obviously are doing the nssa and ripping and then there's the other half that are just doing there it fun. doing it for fun they're yeah. on long boards or whatever and i mean it's it's amazing because when i grew up and went to you know huntington it, it was, was like two girls there was there yeah. was two girls and those two girls were the ones that were like the best they were doing all the nssa's and they're on course to be a pro because That was it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah. I think just more of a. Well, I think that the the generation
2: of guys out in the water have gotten more used to it now. I think they're Mm -hmm. way more used to it now, and way more used to seeing girls, and you know. And I think maybe that competitive nature isn't out there in the water as much as it maybe used to be, maybe, you know, back when you guys were starting and you guys were young surfers back 200 years ago. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's true. But I think even you, when I'm out, you know, or when I surf, you know, some of the breaks <laughs> where there's more of a mix of long borders and short borders, you yeah. just don't feel that edgy vibe out in the water yeah. at all. You know, yeah. all the guys oh, dude, seem Huntington, to be more mellow. Huntington used and, to be pretty rough.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's a couple dudes exactly. out there you're just like. <laughs> okay just
0: yeah. yeah.
2: over here yeah. <laughs> yeah it feels like the vibe just to me and again I don't have yeah. the experience you guys have but just from my perspective it just feels like it's so much more relaxed yeah. and more mellow and that whole my wave yeah localism you know, is, is not an,
1: dead but it's definitely yeah. smaller yeah Yeah. only in certain mm-hmm. places but I think don't you know, go to uh, Crystal Cove that's yeah. where always <laughs> when they go there oh my god <laughs> <But> <laughs> I always I, see that wave breaking there. yeah
2: I see that wave breaking too <laughs>
1: That is the worst localism I've... And, and they're not even locals. Yeah, they just... No one lives there. No yeah. one lives on, in yeah. Crystal Cove. I'm like, let's <laughs> if that's
0: your house. But literally, co- that cliff, Kobe's yeah. the only of local all, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of all
1: my years of surfing, that's the most I've ever been harassed and, and like, disrespected. Yeah. Wow. I it's pretty yeah. bad. Multiple it was but when I tell him, I
0: pretend I don't know them. I might go down the beach anyways. I went down the <laughs> beach. Okay? Uh, I'm, let me tell you the story. No. Come on.
1: Let
3: no, you, tell yeah. it. I want so, to hear your story. I so. Your windows.
1: It's like summertime, right? Yeah. Um, it was uh, me, my friend Scott Vanderripe, and Maddie Moick, right? So we, it's summertime, we have our families, and, you know, they plop down their stuff, and then we walk down the beach, and there's like that one break, the people all surf that one spot. Yes. It wasn't that crowded. There's like maybe eight guys out, right? Yeah. Maddie runs ahead and I'm like falling behind and I'm walking with my board and a guy like old dude, older dude, right? He, he looks up at me and he's like, better be careful out there. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I go, really? I go, okay, thanks. And I'm thinking maybe he thinks that it's a reef or something like that. Like yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. So I surf way far away from them, right? From the crowd. And then... I catch a wave, and it, it kind of went to the spot, and the dude drops in on me, right? This other guy, and older dude, too. And he, like, doesn't say anything, and I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm not going to get into it with him. Yeah. And then I, I, I'm paddling away, you know, and he goes, he's
0: like, go back to Huntington. <laughs> oh, my god! I'm like, how'd like, you know? How <laughs> yeah. I'm like, How? How? what? I'm like, what? You, you must be that popular. Yeah. That I, everybody I knew, and, I knew. You I Honestly, honestly <laughs> that's what the guy said and I'm
1: like I'm like what? He's like uh. and he made some kind of comment like this is just for for locals or something like that. And I'm like local? I'm like, okay, whatever. So I, I, I get out of the water and I basically have a crappy time and I just pretty much leave, right? I'm I'm walking back up the beach and the dude that snakes me, he's on the on the uh, sand, right? And I yeah. like No walk, way. I walked by him and he and he got startled, right? And he's like, cause he thought I was gonna say something to him. Yeah. And uh and he looks at me, he's like, Hey man, no hard feelings. And I'm like, dude, you're a kook.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like here, I'm here with the like, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I go, what I go, what's your problem? You you don't own this beach. And then I hear so these Teenagers paddled out, right? Yeah. Like they were 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. and a girl and like two boys, right? And they're out there, and, and the other dudes are yelling at them. jeez, To, to kick them out of the water. Oh, God. God. Like, get that beat it. Like, and I'm just like, I look at him, yeah. and, I, and I'm and i like, I'm like tripping. I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. How's this happening? Yeah, and, right. and his family, the, the, the locals' family, sitting on the beach, I'm like, I'm like, does your wives know that you guys are like kooks? Like, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. you're 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 yelling at like little teenagers?
0: Yeah. Like, so wow, this is so traumatizing. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just a buzzkill. Like, I'm, I'm coming down with my family to come do like a killer little beach day, something different, go to a yeah. different beach, no harm feelings, and then all of a sudden like you so get harassed. Don't yeah. go to Crystal Cove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, no, or this
2: was all just a ploy to get yeah. us to not go to Crystal Cove. I'm not that smart. Tracy. I'm not that smart. They'll never go now. It's
0: a hidden gem. You have to, like, it's really hard to get to. Like <laughs> you Yeah. Don't want to
2: that s- in the water. I'm
0: not even gonna see the name.
3: I just remember the yeah. name of that spot. No, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome spot. Scotchman's Cove. Crystal yeah, Scotchman. Yeah, Scotch- Everybody go there. Scotchman! <laughs> Scotch. <laughs> get a my time. Drake's Fest on the
1: South
0: Swell. Yeah. Watch out. Go to the beach comer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get the no, co- <laughs> make sure. <laughs> make sure your your kids aren't are building sandcastles on yeah. the beach. You might you know freak uh, out. Tell them you. late
1: night with Chalky yeah you.
0: Uh, mm. But going back to, like, different surf spots, like, <laughs> sorry wh- about that. Where, where's, <laughs> where's, like, your all-time favorite, like, surf spot or um, wave you've surfed around the world or traveled to? That? My
3: favorite all-time spot has to be Middles, between Lowers and, and Church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's where I learn how to surf, and every time I go there, especially on, I mean, we've been having a terrible winter with all the terrible. rains and stuff like that. But, Go on a normal winter and just get like the perfect little little corner corners either for logging or if it gets a little bigger and you ride a, a different smaller board. Yeah, but it's just it goes off during the winter and it's always kind of uncrowded. Yeah, learn how to surf there. So Saint
1: Clemente has really good waves. Huntington does not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while it gets good, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're all... The lowers, cr- mm-hmm. uh, cottons, oh. The whole of, like, yeah. system yeah. of brakes is amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's all I've kinds of good spots up I've never been like a Sano guy, but Sano's amazing yeah. too. Like, yeah.
3: like, there's the Sano, not so much during the winter... I know it is good, but like it's nothing better than sand on a summer day. Yeah. Like, it's Or churches, even. Yeah.
0: It's a last sliver of like, you know. Dirt lot. Yeah. Being, you can yeah. host
3: off the entire day. Barbecue,
0: beach, rake cup, Nobody yeah, bothers you. To hide your Kids beers. have, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Barbecue off the yeah. tailgate. Like it's, it's loose. Yeah. Which yeah. is how it used to be because mm-hmm. most of the beaches are mm-hmm. kind of corporate and, you know, a little bit of, you know, I don't know, inlander takeover where, you know, if you're at, old man's yeah you pretty much movie. know all the faces or you know that salty dogs been coming here for the last 30 for years. sure <laughs> yeah. it's like a nuclear family it's yeah it's just yeah. like every Whoa, nuclear what do you mean <laughs> and every yeah. every <laughs> way between of the word like, you know, like the grandpa's you <laughs> the dad
3: and the grandkids yeah. and like they're all out there it's pretty cool yeah yeah um so i,
1: I really want to stress the fact about you know Hobie is a business, but it really is more than just that. And, and, you know, for hopefully our many, many listeners out there in the future, you know, we want to remind them that, yeah, it's a business, but it's also an inter- integral part of the community, the, the surf industry, the surf community, and they're just local communities that they provide livelihoods for. Mm-hmm. Like going back to, let's stress the point that you guys have a and 10 plus employees, Uh, you guys are, are providing health insurance benefits, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's something to really be proud of. And, and like what, you know, as Mm -hmm. us being like, it's our livelihood that you do well, but you know, it's like, it's, it's your friends and family and brothers and sisters that work in yeah. the search
2: and I think one of the things that Jake and Mark really do that, I, you know, you know you hear about it all the time. Stories of like somebody had a great job and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, cut to 29 and a half hours. So there's no benefits, there's no this, there's no vacation time, there's no the other thing. Jake and Mark are the last people on earth to ever do that. If anything, they want you to be here 30 hours. They want you to be full-time. They want to make sure you have health benefits If your kids are taking care of. You know, if you have a baby here, you have a full first year to bring your baby to work. I mean, you know, there's babies in the front office. Uh, there's babies. Yeah, you can hear yeah. babies like, yeah. right, that are in the office right now. And, you know, they really kind of stress that. And, you know, and it's so uncommon to come from, like, a surf shop where you just think, like, oh, this is just, like, some, you know, little weird place yeah. owned by one dude but really it's it really is like you said it supports a whole community of people yeah. and generation after generation it does and I love that aspect of Jake and Mark where it's like they make sure they're never going to be those guys in a million years who are yeah. like oh sorry make sure you keep them to 29 and a half don't mm-hmm. let them have health insurance don't take any more money out of my pocket yeah. or yeah. you know they're the what, opposite uh, of those guys
1: and that's what w- we want to really talk about and, and remind people like during the holidays, during back to school, yeah, whatever, like, support your local surf shop, you know? Yeah. Support your local Hobie, support your local, because, you know, not only are they providing for you, but, uh, you know, your families, but, you know, think about, I'm sure you guys work with schools, I'm sure yeah. you guys work with benefits, like, you, do. you know, let's we talk, can. let's yeah. talk about that, you know, like, mm-hmm
2: you know and i think being like you know the more you shop at a place like a hobie or an hss or any of those kind of like local community shops that's going to be your kid's first job yeah you know you think steve steve pasos isn't going to hire your kid out of high school no your kid's a chucklehead yeah (laughs) like they need to go to work at somewhere work on the retail floor learn how to talk learn how to deal with people learn how to talk i mean it's a it's a
0: great gateway for for any Kid to you know get those social skills you yeah. know and yeah know out their communicate it with customers or forces you to like open up and yeah like, be social yeah but yeah. also on the hard goods side like hi- having the employees that eat breathe and surf eat surf like all day and they could come in there ask technical questions for sure hey yeah. I've written this yeah, board know, you so. know this is how this this works oh this board over here is going to do this and and be that full educator for the for the consumer who's got. A million choices and what do i do and i heard this works you know so having those employees that are you know ones you know surf fans they're working there because they love it they're working there maybe because they get deals maybe they're working there because our friends work there or the parents you know like it's just a yeah. really killer atmosphere yeah for sure yeah yeah
2: Yeah, and we have a lot of, like, you know, working moms and working dads that work for us. it's, like, kind of like a cool little part-time job that they have. And, you know, like, they kind of help other parents come in and pick out the clothes for their kids and pick out boards for their kids. Mm I don't know. It's just there's something about surf shops that really – it's like you said. It just becomes this integral part of the beach community. And, you know, at Hobie, I think we've prided ourselves on that really since 1950, since we opened those first doors and, Mm -hmm. you know, made it a point to talk to every customer that came through you know and for us our customers range everywhere from you know moms to dads to your baby's first onesie your first water hawk, your first boogie board you graduate to a surfboard hand awesome. planes Great. everything yeah the gifts you buy for your teacher like just you think of all the stuff that goes on in the store it's just this full yeah breadth of like just the beach lifestyle yeah, yeah it yeah. is.
3: Yeah. yeah people keep coming back for more too which definitely extremely valuable. Thank God, because no one else is going to
2: hire Chris and I. (laughs) Really. We're not, we're not really.
3: We're the
0: worst. (laughs) Kind of are. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome.
1: Is there any events coming up or any projects? Well, Dana Point, you mentioned it earlier, there's a shaping bay, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Our our head shaper, Gary Larson, operates out of that bay and you can see him there five days a week. That's cool. Yeah. Everything that we do, um is hand shaped. Uh for the most part besides like our, our tandems or the SVPs that you see in the market. We we've tried uh really strongly over since the summer to go back to like our roots and, and making a traditional product that would for example we um we make the endless summer model that Mike wrote in the movie. Mm. So we've gone back to using the classic style foam with the correct stringers. We actually find a, found a guy at the Ventura, the glass boards, who uses isothalic resin like they used in the early 60s. Nice. And does the gloss panel. So we're trying to get everything back to want to handshape everything to the core, make equipment that's more like what Hobie would have made in the 60s. Um, I think for other people, you know, making short boards or making two-plus-one long boards is, like, their thing. Like, everybody associates with the classic style of longboarding. So. Are,
0: are people buying those that are more of, like, you know, Collectors, or are they looking for them strictly for surfing purposes? For the endless
3: summer, like, definitely for collectors. Collectors. I and mean, we put so much Walmart. time and effort into it, it's like a $3,000 board. Yeah, that's what... Um, I mean, and it's, it's a limited series, too. We only make about a handful of them a year. Yeah. Um, but other than that, people usually come in to get, like, our, our nose rider, which is called the Uncle Buck, which yeah. is just, like, a mid-60s throwback to the way of a nose rider, and that's what people... Buy on a regular basis. Wow. Just in that kind of style. Every,
2: every board though that's made at Hobie Surfboards is made glass built to be ridden. Every yeah. single solitary one. So if somebody yeah. chooses to hang it on the wall, that's up to them. But yeah. every yeah. board is meant to be ridden. They're not. You know, we don't make anything. You can turn it into right. a restaurant menu if you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can also scrape the letters back mm-hmm. off that restaurant menu and go ride it later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be anything built that comes yeah. out of Gary's shaping room. Yeah. They're yeah. all functional. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, do you guys distribute Hobie surfboards to different stores and stuff?
3: Um, yeah, right now we're, we're mostly focused on, I think, a lot of other manufacturers on more of that DTC style of, of sales. Like, mm-hmm. we're going way more to the consumer. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's, it's happened since 2008, but it's, it's hard to find really good accounts. Yeah. And, and surfboards are an expensive thing. Yeah. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of margin in them. Uh, unfortunately I wish there was more margin people yeah. should pay their shapers yes. much more yeah, yeah. and hot coaters
0: um, and glassers and everybody else done for
2: sure yeah, oh yeah. My goodness
3: I mean when you look at a board I mean for the most part a shaper gets paid a hundred dollars to make that board that you, yeah you bought mm-hmm. you know or, you know for and it mean, just says for like seven day. eight hundred dollars yeah mm-hmm. you yeah. know so yeah um, yeah so I, I mean we do distribute to some dealers in the u.s. but mostly we are focused on um, Hobby Cat Europe, which is a lot of our European distribution and Japan is our yeah. Like one of our good friends and been loyal to us for a long time. So we, we have a Japanese with love it. surfing. Yeah. yeah.
2: They should. It's so super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your guys' like percentage of like hard goods to like not I mean, I mean as as far as like how many surfboards would you sell in like a, a month, you know, on on average. Like
3: um Lots? Well, we, uh, we, lots. We, that's good, that's, we good. Just, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Just lots. It's an like, important, bit. Like, it's a yeah. important yeah. part of our business. Yeah, it is an important part oh, of our a business. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. like, yeah. it's a huge Without hidden numbers. You yeah. wouldn't have a surf mm-hmm. shop without a surfboard. Yeah. For sure. You know, if yeah. we were,
2: if, if you took it just from a business perspective, you would never dedicate the square footage that's taken over by Gary's shaping room if you didn't believe in that product and you yeah. didn't, you didn't mm-hmm. believe that that was extremely important because when you look at the dollar per square foot in there... You well know, not many to people kind of get, get into kinda of like not to get into like get the financial aspect but eyes but, on on like yeah. what yeah. it's so like and what important.
0: they do go through to, to make a surfboard. It's actually Well and you watch how long
2: it takes him and everything that he knows how to do and how slowly things have to be done in certain ports parts, how quickly things have to be done, like how many passes have to go, everything. You know, it's something that he had to master that craft over decades. Yeah.
3: You know, so, yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm.
2: extremely important to Jake and to Mark. It's extremely important to Chris Carlo to carry on that tradition and to kind of show that and showcase for that. For sure.
3: Yeah, and our customers love that for the most part. Oh, and yeah. We're, we're stoked off of that, too. We though. even had
2: to put a little barrier of plants in front of Gary's window because we are getting too close. They're getting too close. Mitts on the windows. <laughs> yeah, we're like, all right, you need, like, a little barrier. We need, like, a little velvet rope. <laughs>
3: uh, awesome. Um, yeah.
1: I stumbled upon the uh, John Wayne Airport uh
2: yeah, you the like Santa? Santa. yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, the takeover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: like tell us about that. How did that come about?
3: Um, so that was a project that we worked on with Hobie Cat Company um, in Oceanside. They were offered it. Um, they do basically the air, airport, or does John Wayne does these six months installs with whatever is going on in Orange County. It's all got to be based around something going on in OC. So, like, the last one before was just about culinary and OC, and they had all these different restaurants and stuff participate, know. Boring. Think, yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, boring. They, they had I one that really,
2: like, kicked it off, and they did the Angels, and they had this intense, I mean, unreal. Even if you weren't a baseball fan, I mean, you got so interested in it, and I think that's yeah. why they kind of did the culinary one, and it wasn't mm-hmm. as exciting, and that's why they brought about the next one being Hobie is because you know, Hobie's just an interesting story, whether you like surfing or not, just like whether you like the angels yeah. or not, you, there's so much to tell and there's so much to look at.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you think of Hobie, you think about surfing, you think about Endless Summer, you yeah. think about the yeah. culture, you know, mm-hmm. Hobie is definitely a
0: household name along the coast. If you've yeah, up sure. anywhere in the beach cities, communities, you've driven by it, you know, mm. a thousand times or, yeah. or more, depending right. on where you're at. But yeah, it's one of those labels, names, in Mm -hmm. historic, like, you know, kind of, yeah, you know, surf shop that, you know, people know whether you're, you're a a surfer or just Southern California resident or now worldwide. And it is
2: that kind of thing. I think Hobie really does lend itself really, really well to someone getting off a plane from Wisconsin or somebody who gets off a plane Mm -hmm. from Kansas and they kind of walk through and they don't know anything about surfing. They see those photos, and they see that whole rich history, and it kind of draws them in, and they do want to be part of it, and they yeah. do want to, when they go to the beach, they want to kind of maybe, yeah. you know, come and check out a store, totally. see what a surfboard really is, yeah. or just any of that, become involved in it. Yeah,
1: that right. was, That's I was cool. blown away when I, when I uh, had an early flight, like six o'clock or whatever, and, you know, I think I was on the phone with my wife, and I, and I turned around like, what the heck? I got to call you back. <laughs> you're like, and what then just started tripping out on on the whole historical, awesome.
3: you know. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, dude,
1: <laughs> so so yeah. amazing. Yeah, you
2: know? it's unreal. Like you think yeah. about it, you're like, oh wait, it filled a whole three terminals of an airport. So yeah. you're like no pressure, no pressure yeah. to carry yeah. on that yeah. heritage. Like wow, but
0: it's it's amazing archives, huh? Just,
2: yeah, just yeah. unbelievable.
1: But it's it's really well you know curated and documented. You know, all the all the milestones and accolades that he's achieved through his yeah, through right. his lifetime. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. This I dude's. think it,
2: it shows you kind of, too, how much people really love him still yeah. that are involved in the business. You know, Hobie passed away, like, a few years ago, and, you know, you can feel that that legacy is still really present in anybody who works for any part of the company, whether yeah. you work for Hobie Cat, whether you work for Hobie Surf Shops, whether you work for you know, Hobie Europe or you know, you're part of like sailing part of it or Mm -hmm. you're, you know, in one of like the leagues or you kayak fish. There's something about him and just something about who he was as a person that just it makes you want to stay being part of that. It makes you want to stay being part of that family. And it really makes you want to add your own footnote into that kind of history and kind of be part of carrying on that legacy. And I think you can see that when you went through the airport, you're like, People really cared about getting that done. Like yeah. they re- and they really, really cared about it being good.
1: So that's you up know. for till when?
3: Six yeah. months. I so. think it's yeah, towards the latter half of it now. I think okay. it just went on in November, right? Or October it went on? November, yeah, it was right before the holiday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so nice. it's pretty cool.
1: So, if anybody wants to see some some cool yeah.
3: archives, buy a plane ticket. Yeah. Buy a plane sure ticket. Yeah, loud. Yeah.
0: Take a tour. Check in 90 minutes early at least, so you got yeah. time to yeah. tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Javier's is in there.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, oh yeah. No hey, buddy. yeah. It's yeah. called
1: Hobbies. Open.
2: Let's get Hobbies. sidetracked. Yeah. When did that yeah. open? <laughs> a while ago. We're It's feet. tight. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. You guys are fans of that. Oh, who is it? Yeah. Yeah. Dude.
1: the best Dude. it's the best <laughs> you know yeah. it's the but, best uh, chips and salsa but but right. just in just, just like california, california. yeah mm-hmm. but
0: just like you guys have you go through your growing pains and this and that and moving locations i mean mm-hmm. ho- hobbies we've been going there from the og like oh, sure they have too yeah, yeah. but now yeah. it's like you know they've they moved to Newport Coast and the Spectrum and stuff. Yeah, and it, you know, right. It's, yeah. it's not as, as accessible. Cabo. Yeah. There's one in Cabo. Cabo really nice. Airport. Nice. Yeah, follow you.
1: I know. Everywhere you go, every location you I've gone to, the food is just the
3: same. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Which is great. High red. quality. Yeah. consistency. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love a sidetrack. Let's get
3: sidetracked yeah, in a minute. Sidetracked. Good. It could be like your next know, sponsor right? is Javier's Mexican Food. You hear that? You hear know, yeah. that? You hear that? Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lean and <choc-y>, free margaritas. <laughs> Mansion <Imagine> us. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Is there any uh, future events or... Oh,
2: yeah. We were talking about that. <laughs> I should talk about that. Yeah, Yeah, track uh, uh, You know, probably one of our biggest partnerships is Patagonia right now. We do an event with them at least once a year. They're a really big partner with us. We've been with them for 20 years now. Um, Jake has a real passion for Patagonia and just what they stand for as a brand. Yeah. Um, so this year we're going to do something with Jerry Lopez and Dale Hope. Um, we're going to have like a I little think- kind of you know, book signing with Dale Hope and a talk story with Jerry Lopez. We're gonna do that at two locations. Uh, we have movie night coming up with Quicksilver. We have another thing, some kind of a afternoon barbecue fun with uh, Salty Crew. We have an amazing beach cleanup that we have planned with Outer Known that we're gonna tie into our Laguna community. And then we have coming up at the end of June, we have a really, really big vintage surfboard swap that we put on with the city of Dana Point where we take over all of La Plaza Park. And it's just a huge festival dedicated to Hobie and vintage surfboards and all kinds of stuff. And this Buy, year, sell, trade type of deal? People trade. should just yep. come to show Absolutely. up and hang out. 100%. Yeah. And that's then cool. our big icon, our guy for this year is going to be Phil Edwards. So it's going to be Best wow. in Show Hobie Phil Edwards board or then Best in Show Surfboard. And uh, so that's going to come up June 9th. But our biggest thing, anytime that we've ever done an event or anything that we've ever partnered with, they're always free of charge. Our biggest passion is they're free of charge. They're all ages. Everyone's welcome. And there's always free food because I really like free food. And we're also family. And When you do kind of like a family thing, there's usually always some kind of like food and yeah. some snacks involved. And we love nothing more than having a movie night, having a big taco truck, and we're just showing a film out in the parking lot in Dana Point. And they'll be like, moms with their kids, with dads and they have tacos and then there will be like couples who are out on dates. They'll be like old surfers from like the 1960s who show up and people who will come right from surfing at Doheny and drive their cars up and, you know, it's really, really important to us that everything that we do ties back into our community because we are grateful. It is people's multi-generational support that's kept us in business for all this time. You know, there's not many businesses that have been around for 65 years. And it really is people's loyalty to us that's kept us here. And so all of our events and all of our community involvement with schools like Marco Forrester surf team and uh, Liso Niguel Lisa Miguel, yeah. is, you know, we want to say thank you. Like it's, it's our way to say thank you to people. Yeah. You it hear that to people? Like. Thank
0: yeah. you. Girl. Shop at Hobie. Yeah. Come have free tacos. <laughs> yeah. They got free food yeah. and free got awesome got free everything. Food. We all have free food. Yeah. yeah. So
1: yeah. Hobie St. Clemente, Hobie Dana Point. Yep. Yep. Hobie Laguna
2: Beach. Hobie Surf Boutique and St. Money. And then yeah. Hobie Covenant Almar. Hobie.com.
0: Hobie.com. Yeah. Hobie Surfshop.com
2: is. Hobi Surf Shop dot mm-hmm. com. Yeah. 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 Instagram uh-huh. at Hobie Surf Shop.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Hobie, Hobie Surf. Surfboards. Surfboards. Yeah. 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 Cool. For sure. We do have boardroom coming up in uh, May beginning May. Yeah. For you, awesome. you to come down for that too. Yeah. We'll be there hanging out, get, come by, get a That's beer. That's a cool show, huh? Yeah.
0: The boardroom's awesome show. Yeah,
3: would be cool. Yeah. We come on down.
0: We might have to just you know. Come infiltrate and do it late night with a Chalky. Bit? You should, yeah, you should do Chalky live from yeah.
2: the boardroom show from the late night food. with Chalky. Late, late night. night, late night, late yeah. night. Yeah, but we're but we're you know taping at midday, yeah. but it's late night. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <It
3: is. laughs>
1: late night. It's late. well, shoot, we're at an hour and three minutes.
0: So that, was that was, yeah, that, was, that I mean. was that was brief. that was quick. That's what I mean. We're gonna have to come brief. back and yeah. We there's plenty of. More to know, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll play, more stuff. Yeah, we Yeah. Board yeah. tech, you know. Yeah, next time. Do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're always mm-hmm. more than willing.
1: Well, Tracy, Chris, thanks for having us
0: today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, you. Thank you. Really Thank fun. You. Really great yeah. to hear. Informative. A lot of stuff I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. stuff that... I didn't
2: know. I should yeah. listen to Chris Carlo talk more. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. you know so much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you want more? You want to find out more? Go to your local Hobie shop.
2: Yeah. Notice Chris Carlo right. didn't say I knew a lot of stuff. I just want to point out that I really <laughs> just, <laughs> just complimented him and said how great he. is. Tracy
3: is great. And it, and he it didn't bite really, on the yeah. fishing. Yeah. Re- well,
2: really dangled out there, real awkward,
3: right? Well, That's <laughs> why this worked out so well. I the
0: brains. I'm just here and I'm good looking. I'm yeah. just a psychic. We're gonna
1: start
2: our own <laughs> podcast. You two are out. You <laughs> got <That's> it. <laughs>
0: well thanks it. you two for uh,
1: spending time with us today and, and thank joining you. us on the Late Night with Chalky show we'll do it again soon cool
2: thank
0: All you right. adios Out.
2: bye
0: thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the show please give us a five star rating and spread the word special thanks to our good friends James Williams for our awesome artwork
1: and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music